0: Friends, we're so thankful that you are here uh, with us today. I'm going to invite you openly this morning in your Bibles to the book of Exodus, chapter 20. And today we're going to continue in our series we started recently called The Teacher, where we've been looking at the Ten Commandments. Uh, and the idea of the Ten Commandments is again, they're teaching us ultimately about God's design, about Uh, God Himself and even about our sin and when we step outside of God's path. And so one of the things that we've been attempting to do this whole series is to read the Ten Commandments aloud as a way of kind of getting them in our heart and in our soul. And so I'm going to invite all who can to stand with me this morning and let's read God's Word aloud. And as always, if you're unable to stand, you feel free to reverence the Word of God from your seats right there. Where you are. Exodus chapter 20, beginning in verse 1 says, The God spoke all of these things, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol or any likeness of what is in heaven above, or on the earth beneath, or in the water underneath the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and fourth generations of those who hate me but showing loving kindness to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the Sabbath day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male or your female servant or your cattle or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Verse 12. Honor your father and mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And you shall not covet your neighbor's house, you shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, nor anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we thank you today for your word. God, you're, the psalmist spoke about your word being like honey to our taste, Lord. Father, I thank you, Lord, that your word says that how can a young man keep his way pure by keeping it according to your word? Lord, I think about the author who said that God has condescended to become an author. And God, thank you for that. Thank you for giving us your word. But Lord, this morning, Father, what we need, God, is the truth of your word inspired by the Holy Spirit. Lord, we need to hear your voice today. God, I thank you that The Bible, your word is not just black ink on white pages. Lord, it is, God, you speaking to us. And so this morning, I pray, God, would you speak? Lord, I pray that you would put your words in my mouth. And God, I pray you give us ears to hear. And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. As we've been going through the Ten Commandments, today we're going to look at the Fifth Commandment which can be found in verse 12 that says, Honor your father and your mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Remember, God's people are coming out of Egypt. They're on their way to the promised land, and God is giving them his law here in order to show them ultimately how to live and honor him, how to function uh, as his people in the land. I remember hearing a story once about a children's church teacher speaking to her class one Sunday about the fifth commandment to honor your father and mother that your days may be prolonged in the land. And when she finished the lesson, she asked if there was any questions. The little boy right in the front raised his hand real quick and said, Yes, ma'am, I understand what it means to honor my father and mother, but I don't quite understand that second part about our days being prolonged in the land. Well, before the teacher could answer, his older sister in the back of the room, she raised her hand real quickly and she said, Billy, you know what that means. It's when mama says that she brought you into this world and if you don't start minding, she can take you out too. You know, the reality is of all the lessons that the Ten Commandments teach us, Uh, this lesson today may be one of our most needed in our culture, the call to honor your father and your mother and everything that goes along with that. Like we will see this morning, there's so many truths embedded in that truth that we in our culture need to hear that it's being attacked today. So we've got a long way to go and a short time to get there. So let's jump right in this morning with question number one that we need to answer today is that what does the commandment to honor your father and mother mean? So let me give you a few facts today to help us understand this. Fact number one that we need to see this morning is that the command to honor your father and mother is a hinge point of the Ten Commandments. Now if you remember when we opened up this series, if you're just joining us this morning in person or online, that when we began this series we talked about how the Ten Commandments can basically be broken up into two major sections. The first four commandments, which is what we've just finished covering in the recent weeks, deal with our relationship with God, how we relate to God. And then the next six commandments deal with how we relate to others. And Jesus basically affirmed this same truth in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40. He said, you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all your mind. This is the foremost commandment. and The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself on these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. And so Jesus affirmed this idea that God has always been in his nature to teach us how to relate to him, the north to south relationship, and then how to relate to others, the east to west relationship. So the fifth commandment is the hinge point where we begin to, God begins to teach his people how to deal with other people. And the first one is how to deal with our parents, which makes sense because for everyone in the room this morning, good or bad, the first relationship that we all have is with our mothers and our fathers. And so this is the hinge point. So God is teaching us now how to relate to other people. And this is the first commandment. The second fact we need to see in this command is that the command to honor your father or mother is a multifaceted lesson In the Ten Commandments. In the same way that a jeweler will cut a diamond in different ways. So that you can see different aspects of its beauty. The Ten Commandments here. And especially here in this commandment to honor your father and mother. It gives us the overt command. Which is the relationship between the children should have with their parents. But it also gives us so many other truths about God's design for the family as a whole. And so let me give you. A few of those this morning. Inside of God's design, the fifth commandment shows us that parents are to be special to children. You know, the clear call of the fifth commandment is for children to honor your parents. The word honor in the Hebrew means to give weight to, to glorify, or to esteem. A child is supposed to recognize when their parents come in the room. And celebrate that truth. One of the things that I remember uh, when my children were young in those toddler years is when mommy or daddy would come home if they've been away. The celebration that would take place when daddy is home and you would hear those little feet run down the hall and jump and wrap you up. And now when I come home with older kids, it's like, hey, dad's home. They're like, what's up? You know. But the idea is that parents are, or that children are supposed to honor their parents, to celebrate their parents. In Ephesians chapter 6, verses 1 through 3, the apostle Paul reaffirmed this call to children. He says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Now, Old Testament scholar Walter Kaiser, he pointed out, Three major facets throughout the Old Testament that kind of show us what does it mean to honor your fathers and your mothers. First, he said to honor your father and mother meant to prize them highly. And this goes back to that idea of celebrating their position. Friends, it is inside of God's heart that children celebrate their parents. If you want to do something, if you're a student or a teenager here this morning and you want to do something that pleases the heart of God, is you celebrate your mom and your dad. And that's not just on Father's Day or Mother's Day, that you celebrate them regularly. And one of the greatest ways that you can do that uh, is when it's Sunday afternoon and your pastor dad wants to lay down and take a nap, please be quiet in the house. That's just one way to do that. But find ways to celebrate. Your parents on a, more beyond Mother's Day and Father's Day. Secondly, though, to honor your father and mother meant to care for them. This would mean that at some point in life, it is God's design that children care for their parents in the same way that parents had once cared for them as children. This is God's built in plan for senior care. Some of the godliest men and women I know have done this well. You know, they bring their parents home with them to live with them when age prevents them from living by themselves. And then maybe beyond that season, if a parent comes to the place to where they need care beyond what the child can give is that they take great care when they're attempting to help them find an extended care facility or a nursing facility. But even then, they don't just pawn that off to professionals. They're still there regularly. They care for them. They love for them. They, they, they love them. They visit them. As a pastor, I visit people at nursing homes pretty regularly, and one of the saddest things that you see is to go and see somebody in a nursing home facility or extended care facility, and you know they have children and grandchildren. They may have pictures on the wall, but you ask them when was the last time that they got to see them, and it had been months, sometimes even years. Know this this morning, church. That is wrong in the eyes of God. And thirdly, to honor your father and mother meant to show respect for them and obey them. Respecting and obeying your parents means that if you are under their authority in their home, you are to obey their wishes always, with the only exception being if your parents call you to sin. Even as an adult, When God allows you to come out from underneath that authority and you're no longer called to obey them. And scripture makes that clear. When you leave your father and mother joined together with your wife, when you leave their home is that now you are personally responsible. You may not be called to obey them any longer, but you are still called to respect them. Now, some might say, well, Pastor Zach, I'm 25 years old. I shouldn't have to obey my parents anymore. Let me give you a three-letter word to help you fix that problem. It's called a J-O-B. If you get a J-O-B, another three-letter word, and move out and get an APT, you get into an apartment, you won't have to worry about it anymore. But until that time, you better obey them. Now, you may say, Pastor Zach, how do I honor my parents when they're not honorable and I want to take a time out here for a moment and I realize that for many in this room this is a very difficult topic sometimes it's hard to honor your parents if you've been abandoned by them if you've been hurt by them if you've been abused by your parents and in this case, you may ask the question, how do I honor my father and my mother if they were evil, if they were bad, or if they were often wrong? I want to give you a few thoughts this morning, church family, if you're in that position. I want to remind you that you can honor the position, even if not the person. The idea of honoring parents, even dishonorable parents, that you can do that as unto the Lord even if the parents don't deserve it. And the reality is, even in that, you are modeling Christ. I am loving my parents as I am called to the position that they have, even if they were not honorable people. And this is real, and you can do that when you do it as unto the Lord, knowing that you please the Lord. You are honoring what was ideally inside of the design of God. Also, you can honor the good of your parents even in the midst of the bad. Even the worst parents often have moments where they did things well or they did things right or with right intentions. And what I would say, it's worthwhile to celebrate those moments, to celebrate the fact that maybe your mom or your dad, they did the best that they could in that situation, and you can do that, and I believe that the Lord honors that. It doesn't mean that you erase the bad. It doesn't mean that you dismiss the bad, but it does mean that you celebrate the good. Also, you can honor your parents by attempting to rebuild a relationship if possible. Sometimes abusive parents continue to be abusive even when the children are adults. And I don't believe that God calls you to put yourself in that situation of abuse again. But God can rebuild a relationship with parents if they are willing to do that. If there's an opportunity, I believe that God wants to do that. And I want to say to you this morning that God can redeem even the worst of situations. Not by erasing the past, but in Jesus he can give a new future. And also you can honor your parents today by forgiving them. And this is something that Jesus calls us to do, to work through forgiving people and The reality is is that's a long process and God is willing to walk with you and can walk with you in that process. God calls you to do this not just for the sake of your parents but also for your sake as well so that you don't walk in the bondage of bitterness and unforgiveness. And the reality is you can do this with the help of God. In our Better Man series that we do. And I encourage you men if you've not gone through Better Man uh, to join us. We're going to do that again in January. And we're going to open up to the whole community. But one of the things that we do in that is that we walk through the reality that no matter good or bad. Is that we are a result of the homes that we grow up in. And, and there was one man in that, uh, in that class in Arkansas. Who grew up in a, a home with an alcoholic dad that was filled with much abuse. And his dad had passed away in his alcoholism. And it had been 20, 30 years since his dad had passed, but he was still bearing the hurt and the weight of his father. And we talked about the idea of forgiving. He left that class, got in his car, drove over four hours to his hometown, stood over his father's grave, and with tears said, Dad, I forgive you. And he said a freedom came over him that he had not experienced. In Jesus, you can do that. And I would lastly say to you, you can honor your parents today when you allow God, your heavenly Father, to pour out His love on you. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, to see how great a love the Father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of God. Friends, may say something to you this morning. One of the greatest ways to reconcile, to honor even unhonorable parents in this life is to go to that relationship not expecting to get something from that relationship but to go towards that with a heart that is already filled with the love of your heavenly Father. And know this this morning. God can fill your heart with the love that maybe you missed as a child. He can do that. But that being said, one of the things that we see inside of the Ten Commandments here in this call to honor your father and mother is that parents are supposed to be ch- special to children. And then secondly, inside of God's design, we see that children are to be special to parents. The, the most overt call in this command is for children to honor their parents. But there's also a reality here that this call in elevating the position of the parents, God is also calling parents to live And parent in an honorable way. That this position, the position of parenting is intended to be sacred. It is a special God-given role. The inside of God's design, the relationship that a parent has with their children is supposed to model the relationship that God desires with us. Old Testament scholar Douglas Stewart spoke about the responsibility of parents as modeling the love of God to their children, said parents have the awesome responsibility of representing God to their children. Now, you are not God to your children, and you can never fully represent who He is, but you are supposed to represent characteristics of God in a finite way that are infinite in who he is, That's is why God used and intends to use the terminology of himself and our relationship as a father. God is our heavenly father. In a lesser but similar way, the way that God loves his people, parents, you are called to love your children. In a similar way that God protects his people. Parents, you are to be the warriors and protectors of your your children as vessels of God in a similar way that God provides for, teaches, disciplines, listens, forgives his children. Parents, you are supposed to model that for your children. You may say, Pastor Zach, man, how in the world do I do that? Well, first off, you need God's help to do that. And you need to know him personally. You can never model a God to your children that you don't know and that you're not walking with. And one of the greatest ways that you can learn how God loves the character of God, the way God loves and shepherds his people, is through getting inside of God's word. Now, some of you had joined us at the beginning of the year in the one-year Bible chronological journey. And you were fired up and you were excited about that. The man, then you hit Leviticus and the wheels fell off the wagon. Or maybe you've been in Ezekiel lately, and, and listen, it's just been a struggle for you. Let me say something. God gives us grace and all those things. This week, we will begin the New Testament. Jesus is about to step on the scene. It's a great opportunity to jump back into that reading. Start at this week's reading and get inside of God's Word. If you need help doing that, we can help you do that. But one of the most natural things inside of the design of God is the sacrificial love that parents have for their children. It models the sacrificial love that God has for the world, ultimately manifested in giving his son Jesus like no other love. I heard a story just in the last couple of weeks about one of our own church members that uh, they had one child. As a young family, they had one child, and the wife came down with a very dangerous cardiac condition. She had to undergo several procedures and surgeries to save her life, and she did, and and all that went well. A, A short time after that, she discovered that she was pregnant with her second child. The doctors advised them to abort the child because giving birth to the child would most likely, the mom would not survive. The husband said that they prayed and sought God. But from the moment they got the news, he said that his wife never wavered in her decision to give birth to the child. In the face of death, her love for her unborn child was greater than her love for her own life. You see, God had built it into the design of parents, inside of the design of mothers and fathers, that nobody else will ever love your children like you do. Nobody else will ever love kids like the parents do. And this is evidence of the sacred position that God has given mothers and fathers. And by the way, to take a time out on that story, not only did she give birth to that child and live, she would go on later in years later to get pregnant again and then have a, another child, which goes to show you God is bigger than doctor's opinions. sometimes. Can I get amen to that today? You say, Pastor Zach, why are we dealing so much with this? Because the idea that parents are to be special, or that, that children are to be special to parents is that the idea, the sacred position of parents is under attack in our nation today. Just this last week, The state senate in California amended their laws on what is considered grounds for the removal of a child from the custody of their parents. And they gave greater clarification to the term, the health and well-being of a child. This is the statement that they added. It says, The health, safety, and welfare of children includes, among other comprehensive factors, a parent's affirmation of the child's gender identity and gender expression. Now, in just the last decade, the confusion in our society that people can be, that children uh, should live in a different gender than their biological gender is something that's only about 10 years old in the history of human society. But as of last week, if you are a parent in California and your child expresses to you that they want to begin to live as a different gender than their biological gender, and you as a parent lovingly do not allow them to do so, it can be considered child abuse, and the state can come and take your children from you. This is not being pending. This is law in the state of California now. Friends, this is not just an attack against the sacred position of parents. It is an attack against the design of God itself. In the fifth commandment, if it tells us anything, it tells us that children belong to parents and not the government. Moms and dads are to be the guardians of truth for our children in this crazy world. And if the government comes to your kids, not for the come to take your kids, not for neglect or abuse, but just for affirming God's truth that has stood for thousands of years, know this this morning, church. It is your sacred duty to resist. Inside of God's design, children, Parents are to be special to children. Children are to be special to parents. And thirdly, inside of God's design, the home is to be sacred to God. In the fifth commandment, you not only see God's desire for the way children treat their parents and the way parents treat their children, but we also see God defining the home. One of the most crucial aspects of God's design. I believe that if we look at this command inside of the context of the rest of Scripture, we can see what God's plan for the home is. So let me give you just a few thoughts on this. What is God's plan for the home? The command for children to honor their fathers and mothers shows us that God honors heterosexual marriage as the best place to have and raise children. You say, Pastor Zach, how do you say that? Well, first off, The Bible makes it very clear in Genesis that human sexuality is to be expressed only inside the bounds of heterosexual marriage. And the reality is is that only heterosexual relations can produce children. God made it very clear this is His design. Also, the command for children to honor their fathers and mothers shows the importance of both a mother and a father in the home. The passage affirms the importance of both roles in raising children. For a child to be able to honor their father and their mother, there's the expectation within the command that mom and dad are both in the home. A beautiful thing in this command is that it equally refers to the importance of both men and women, which would have been uncommon to these ancient Near Eastern peoples where women were so often treated as half-citizens or commodities and not people. God, from the beginning, in His design, values men and women both equally in the eyes of God. In May of just this last year, A man named Jack Brewer gave some stats on children growing up in single-parent homes. Now hang in there with me for a moment if you are a single parent or if you're a student growing up in a single-parent home. uh, This is not a death sentence to you, but it is a reality that we need to look at. Children from single-parent homes are twice as likely to suffer from mental health and behavioral problems as those living with married parents. In one study, 70% of youth uh, youth in state-operated facilities were from single-parent homes. In one study of 56 school shootings, 82% of children either grew up in an unstable family or grew up without both biological parents together. Church family, I want you to know, students, single moms, single dads here today, I grew up in a single-parent home from the time I was in eighth grade going forward. And I want you to know that while these stats are unfortunate, they are not guarantees. God is greater than any stats, and you're not bound to these statistics. I want you to know that on the front end, God stepping into your life can absolutely make up the difference of mom not being there, dad not being there. God can can step in and be a heavenly father in that situation. However, the reality is, is that Statistically speaking, we see that the nuclear family, God's design for the family with both mom and dad married living together is his best plan. And we can redefine the family. We can draw cartoons of different looking families. We can celebrate the diversity of all different types of families. But the reality is is God has already designed the best plan for families. And the command for children to honor their fathers and mothers shows that God should be at the center of the home. The most obvious lesson in the fifth commandment is that it is to be kept in obedience to God. God is the one who designed the home and the family, and he is to be in the center of it. To honor your father and mother is to honor God. And the truth is today is that we need to see that God is who we need in the center of the home. Now, not all of us find Jesus Early on in life. Not, only, not all of us find Jesus right before we get married. Sometimes you come to know Jesus after divorce. Sometimes you come to know Jesus after living a season for self. Sometimes you come to know Jesus after making mistakes as a person, even as a parent. And many of these mistakes can destroy Or injure a home desperately. But I want you to know this morning, that does not mean that God can't still step into your family situation and make it a home. One of the most popular TV shows that's been going on in recent years are the home renovation shows. The the fixer-upper type shows. There is more shiplap in this room today uh, because of these shows than we could possibly imagine. The reality is the the theme of these, these shows always kind of follow the same. Somebody's home is either in ruin or it's dilapidated intentionally or unintentionally and somebody else buys it. It comes under new ownership. And when the new owners buy it, then they begin to go to work on the home. they start stripping things out the demo day is an exciting day in these days they start stripping all of these things out of the home and then once they get all the bad stuff out of the home then they begin to repair and rebuild sometimes even have to rebuild the foundations and then they start building new walls and putting in new windows and new colors and flooring and all these things and the most exciting part of the show is at the end of the show when you get the big reveal and they pull the curtains back and you get to see this newly restored home that was, was once in ruin is now restored. You see, for some of you here today, your home may not match what God desires. You may be living in a home that is desolate and in ruin, but that does not mean that your story is over. It just means it's time to turn over the deed. It's time to let God step up and take ownership Of your home. Now, what happens when you say, God, I want you to take my home? God's gonna start to go to work. And when God starts to go to work, He's gonna start taking stuff out. And it's going to be hard, and you're going to have to cooperate with that. And then as he starts taking stuff out, he's going to want to start putting new stuff back in, and you're going to have to cooperate with that, and it's not going to happen overnight. But I want you to know this morning, friends, that if you let God go to work in your home, he can take something that's broken, and he can make it beautiful. He can take something that's messed up, and he can make it a masterpiece. He can take a horror story and make it a home, because when it comes to God, he is the original. Fix her upper. I'm preaching better than y'all. Amen. In here this morning, y'all gonna have to jump in here with me. And the fact number three that we need to see today is that the command to honor your father and mother is it has consequences. As we said at the beginning, the last part of Exodus 2:20 says, "Honor your father and mother, so that your days may be prolonged, the land which the Lord your God gives you." Here at the end of this command, the Lord tells his people, he gives them a promise about their lives being prolonged if they will follow this command. Now, I don't believe that the Lord is legitimately saying here, you will live longer. He's not saying that the fifth commandment is the key to the fountain of youth. But what he is saying here is that you will flourish more. You will have more, you may not have more days to your life, but you will have more life in your days if you honor your father and mother. And why is that? Let me give you a few reasons. Those children who honor their parents will flourish by avoiding the discipline of God. In the Old Testament, we see that God was so serious about his people honoring his father and mother, that there was even a command that if a rebellious child continued to live an open, violent rebellion, that that child could be stoned under the approval of the parents and the elders of the community. Let me say this here today. It never took place. We don't see any moment in Scripture where that command was actually followed out. But the reality was, is God was setting a standard that this is a big deal. Children honoring and obeying their parents. Today... How does God function in his discipline for children? He functions in that through the instruments of his parents, of the parents in the home. If you are a child here today and you want to honor your father and mother, you will avoid so much discipline in your life if you will just do what they call you to do. Also, those who children who honor their parents, they would flourish by avoiding the dangers that were before them. I don't mean any offense to any of our students or kids here today, but the reality is, children are not smart people. They get and I listen, I used to be one. So I understand, I can say that. Proverbs 22:15 says this foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. Did you know that doctors can confirm today that the portion of your brain that deals with risk is not even fully developed? Until your mid-twenties. That's why you and I can look. I'm I'm almost 40 years old today. I can look at things that I did as a teenager and say, how in the world did I ever do that? Because I was dumb. I I, I was not fully mature in my mind. And so what is the purpose of a parent? A parent is there to think for you. To do what your brain is not enabled to do yet. Ultimately, to keep you from doing dangerous things in this life. That's why it is so important that we don't silence the voice of parents in children's lives. But we celebrate them. Because in this day and age where there's so much craziness and confusion about so many different things. It is the parents who are intended to be the guardians for children so that they don't do things as children that they will regret for the rest of their lives. These teenagers who are changing genders at 12 and 13 and 14 years old will regret that one day. And it's mom and dad's responsibility to serve as the guardians for them in this. Moms and dads. It's not your responsibility to tell your kids what they want to hear. It's what they need to hear. And then finally, those children who honor their parents will flourish by avoiding the destruction of a rebellious nature. We're almost done. But this is important. Old Testament scholar John Durham pointed out how this command, to honor your father and mother, was the first command in how we treat other people. And he basically pointed out the fact that in this first command, with our first relationship, we understand the concept of submission to authority. But basically he makes this point. If we don't get this first command right, if we don't learn how to submit to the authority of our parents, then we will very, it would be very unlikely that we will submit to other forms of authority in our lives in the years to come. If people don't respect the authority of their moms and dads, they will likely not respect the authority of other people over their property, and so they become thieves. If people don't respect the authority of their mom and dad, then they are more likely to not respect the authority over other people's lives, and so then they can become murderers. 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 23, the Bible says that rebellion is as of witchcraft. Basically, one of the most demonic things in our human nature is rebellion. The early commandment, the early call for children to honor their father and mother was one of God's greatest checks on the sinful nature of humanity. Our first responders here today can give testimony to how the respect of authority and law and order in our society is rapidly diminishing. And the main problem with that is not necessarily our justice system. The main problem is the destruction of the home and the family. For the last few decades, our nation has sown the lies that the traditional family is either wrong or out of touch. And now we are reaping what we have sown as we see a rebellious generation burn cities to the ground and live lost in this world. Know this today, that if we want peace and order in our nation, we need to restore the family. The family that says parents are to be parents, children are to be children, and God is to be God. I'm going to ask our instrumentalists to make their way back up. I know we've covered a lot today. And it's all really important. But some of you in this room, you're saying, Pastor like, what does this mean to me? And very quickly this morning, I want to answer this last question. What does the command to honor your father teach us today? First, I, te- I think it reminds us, it teaches us that God is the one who designed the family. It is God's design. It's not a random happening of people who decide to enter a relationship and they bear children. This was never the this was a design of God. God designed the family. And the truth is is that God's design for the family is best. Friends, we've tried it every different way. And society keeps trying it so many different ways and all it's leading to is more and more brokenness. And we don't need to condemn people who are trying to find their way in a lost and dark world we need to seek them out why are people struggling getting outside of God's design and gender getting outside of God's design and sexuality it's because they're lost they're searching for something and the reality is is that God's design for the family is best but when we talk about these things the reality is is that we need God's help in our families. We need God's help today. For those of you who are in this room, statistically speaking, because of the way that your family is or has been, it seems as though you're bound for certain outcomes. I want you to know something here today. That's not true. God can do the impossible. And so if you're here this morning and your family was broken, know that God is a God of healing. He is Jehovah Raphael, our healer. Seek Him today. Maybe this morning you're a parent and you are forgetting how sacred of a responsibility you have. Let me say something to you. I'm so thankful that I get the great privilege to serve vocationally as a pastor. I know this here today. My greatest responsibility that I will stand before God one day is not just how I've shepherded this room, but how I've shepherded my home. That matters more than anything else in the world. Dads, it matters more than your hobbies. Moms, it matters more than what your neighbors have across the street, material things. Raising and shepherding that child is one of the most important things that you have. Let me say something to you this morning. I don't believe that any parent is handed their child on that first day and willingly looks at that baby and says, Man. I can't wait to screw you up. (laughs) Nobody says that. And the reality is we all have good intentions. But I want you to know something. You can't do it on your own. You need timeless truth from God's word. And you need a good father to help you. And he's waiting here today. So maybe the command to honor your father and mother is a call for parents today to live honorably. Say, Lord, today, help me to Fulfill the sacred responsibility. And I would say, kids here this morning, students here today, one of the greatest lies of the enemy is that you need to get out from underneath that authority. As quick as you can. Mom and dad don't know what's best. You need to get out of that as quick as you can. I want you to know something here today. You're the safest place you will have in this life is underneath the authority that God has put over you. So this morning, I would say, children, maybe you're living in, some, uh, living in some rebellion. Maybe you're hiding some things from mom and dad. Maybe there's some things going on. You know what you could do? Maybe you could leave this service today and go to mom and dad and say, here it is. I'm sorry, but I want to I submit to you. Friends, all of this reveals to us that we've all got some shortcomings. And this is serious. It's sin to not be the dad that I need to be. It's sin to not be the kid that I need to be. And the Bible says that God is separate from sin, but... He loved us so much that he gave his son Jesus to pay the forgiveness of our sin so that we could be brought into a relationship with him and so that he could help us walk daily in this life in a way that honors him. Maybe this morning you say, Pastor Zach, I need Jesus. You can never show your children a God in whom you do not know. Maybe today you need to call it Jesus to save you. You can do that also this morning. The way we conclude our services here at Enon is that our pastors come forward. We actually have some of our ladies who come forward as well just to to be prayer partners. And we have an opportunity for people to come and be ministered to as we sing one final song. And So this morning, I want to encourage you right there where you are to do business with God. Talk to God if there's some things that you feel prompt in your heart to pray and surrender your life to God. Maybe you need Jesus. Call out to Him today. Say, Jesus, save me. I want to give my life to you. He'll hear you right there where you are. If you need somebody to pray with you pray with you about your family, your children anything else that's going on in your life, you come forward one of our prayer partners would love to pray with you I'm going to invite you to stand with me right now and we're going to begin to sing Father we ask in Jesus name today Lord would you move in the hearts and lives of your people maybe move children to turn back towards their parents maybe move parents to turn back towards their children and God I pray for all of us that we turn back towards you. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.